I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for coming to This Might Help Live. Let me hear you. All right. Man. Not that it's been a tough year and a half for any of us, but we're out, and that's nice. <laughs> Something that we're uh, maybe not as used to as we uh, were. But I am so thankful that everyone's here, especially the Mighties. What's happening, folks? Uh, for those of you who don't know, fans of the show are called Mighties, and the fact that nobody cheered feels great. Um, I actually had a couple people being like, why the Mighties? It sounds like tough. I'm like, no, let me explain. Let me put it on record right now what it means. It means might, like someone who might do something or might not do something. That's what a Mighty is. The whole name of this podcast is This Might Help. It might. I don't know. Might fucking not at all at all. <laughs> the best analogy I've always thought of is when you're at a party in college and you're tripping balls or something and a friend offers you a strange drug that he hasn't even had and he's like, I don't know, this might help. That's it right there. <laughs> so again, as I always say, disclaimer, I know it might be getting old for longtime listeners, but if you actually need clinical help and you're worried about your health, please talk to a professional. This is for fun. I don't do this because I'm good at giving advice. Believe you me. I'm okay, and it's a fun way to engage with people, and we've actually done more good than harm, if I'm honest. I used to have a podcast called Advice from a Dipshit, and I think people took the whole idea wrong, thinking I'd be like, blow rails of coke and eat someone's butt on a train, or something like that, <laughs> which is good advice, side, side note. Um, but without further ado, I just wanna say we are at the High Plains Festival. Let's have a hand for that, which is fantastic. <laughs> amazing, amazing fest run by some amazing people. Speaking of which, I have the founder of said fest with me, who is a longtime friend and a guy I admire and to me is like an OG father and someone I look up to in that. For those of you listening, I have a kid now. Okay, please welcome the hilarious Adam Caton Holland, everybody. Hello. Hello, Mighties. <laughs> I'm worried there might be a crossover with diehard Boston fans. They're, right. they're also the Mighties. <laughs> and that's sure. your Venn diagram. I'm sure someone has already taken it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I didn't do any research to find out if it was already taken or not. It was just something suggested to me. I was like, good, run with it, fine. Because, like, one rule in the show is we never Google shit. You know what I mean? If someone's <laughs> like, what's the measurement in? I don't know. 12 inches. Done. You know, I, it doesn't bother me uh, to not look things up. And I want it to come from the hip. But first off, dude, I'm glad you're on the show, and I'm going to try to get out of this kind of stiff radio host interview style sure. I feel stuck in right in this moment, if I'm honest with all you guys. <laughs> but one thing I love about the show is I'll have friends on and catch up with them. You seem like you're doing awesome, man. Thanks. I'm, I, I project success, <laughs> but it's inner failure. No, just kidding. Okay. Um, no, I'm doing great. I got two kiddos. Yes. And that's actually, it makes me very, very happy and I'm enjoying it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm doing well, man. Yeah, we had a, a super cool guy conversation uh, downstairs in the green room about butt rashes. <laughs> and my, my daughter Rose is here right now at the bar chugging milk. Uh, and uh, yeah, hand for Rose. That's for you, honey. Sorry about your butt rash. And uh, you mentioned your, your, your little one. Your yeah, little Ellis, Ellis currently has a butt rash, too. I was mm -hmm. like, let's get into this. Yeah. What are the shapes? What are the colors? Yeah. And I was thinking, is this a conversation Gwar has had here with each other? You know what I mean? Or other metal bands? I'm like, yeah, my kid has a little butt rash or, or whatever. And I just remember being in this bar uh, uh, and, and being hammered as hell. And now I'm here with a kid. <laughs> Life. <laughs> it's just bananas. Yeah, that was nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, well, Rose wasn't here, man. Right. Be cool. And you, but you, I wanted to talk about you headed back to Denver because I feel like one of the uh, ways, that's how you, in a way, you kind of found your joy. Is that, is that too intense? No, no, I love that question. I'm okay. down to answer that. I mean, I never really left. Okay. We did our show, Those Who Can't, out in L.A., and we filmed three seasons, and, uh, that was about four and a half years of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I would just drive out, my wife and I and the dogs, wow. and spend six months there writing it and shooting it. And then as soon as we wrapped, I would drive the fuck back. Holy shit. And we rented out our place here. And I just kind of never 
wanted to leave. Uh, so I, I, I always had a foot here. That's wild. Ben and Andrew moved there uh, and, and have come, since come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was always sort of my goal to stay here because I'm just happier here. And L.A. gets me in a competitive go, 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 go Hollywood mindset. Yeah. That I, it's like an ugly side of myself that I can that I embrace too wholeheartedly uh-huh. when I'm there. Oh, man. And so I don't like that part I of think me. I will say I think we both have the eye of the tiger. Like, we always saw that in each other. Like, we always had this kind of strange ambition. Uh, and it, 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 I think it's gotten us into more trouble than any kind of fortunate anything. Right? 100%. Yeah, it's just so fucking stupid. It's good to work hard, but when you have... I mentioned this to you before, you know, I think we both used to have these goals that were just like, if I only get that, man, I'd be happy. Bullshit. Not true. It's so sad, but true. It's like, if I just had a TV show, that'd yep. be it. I would win life. And then you did it for three seasons. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I have that under my belt, but I'm just like desperately like, what's next? Yeah. I'm not happy at all about it. I just want more, 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 more. And so you have to just chill and pull yourself out of that headspace and be yeah. like, I got two healthy boys. Yeah. I'm good. They're fucking amazing. That's, that's it. That's the name of the game. I literally have my daughter interrupting my fucking show right now, and I love it. <laughs> Just talking. And the mighties love it. It was just like, you know, she was born to not give a shit about me. Like, I I, I met a guy, my wife and I drove clear across the country because we lost our minds and California caught fire. Two good reasons. And we met a guy at a a chart, we had an electric car in a charging station in Alabama who told me that, you know, having a girl's the best thing ever. They love you like you wouldn't believe till they're 13, then they hate your fucking guts till they're 30. (laughs) I'm like, that sounds about right, you know? You were giving me OG dad points. I saw that trip on your social media and was blown the fuck away <laughs> by your ambition of taking a baby that young in a, in a drive across the country. In a pandemic and, and, and passing packed Cracker Barrel after packed Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like just trying to get takeout food and just being like, these guys are insane, man. This is, it, it was like, it, to me it felt like, like a zombie movie where I'm like, I hope they don't notice me and yank me in. Yeah, just know? run in a hazmat suit, get some biscuits and run the fuck out. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I think you know, what you say about L.A. is absolutely true, and it's always beautiful, you know what I mean, which I don't think is necessarily healthy. I do actually love L.A., and I'm reading a book called Everything Now about how it actually is more of a city-state than it is a city, because everything is there, and that's a good and a bad thing. Like, if you can kind of reconcile yourself with that, that's cool. I, I dig it. My wife and I have a house there, and, and you know, I like you know, how there, you can get any kind of voice or any kind of person and, and any kind of thing there. But it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And I think a, a city that's a lot more harsh, like New York, is a better place to learn, in a sense, to be a performer. I mean, I'm speaking from experience. I should have learned when I did Letterman because I did great. And they were like, that was fantastic. He shook my hand. They were like, we'd love to have you back. And they put me out a side door, and it slammed. And I'm in a cold <laughs> alley by myself in the dead of winter. Like, fuck, did that happen? Like, it felt like I stepped out of a dream. And I think you need that. You need that kind of kick in the ass to be like, this won't last. you got to make stuff that will. Uh, but I'm so jealous of your Letterman credit. Because <laughs> Letterman is my fucking... I love Letterman. With our second son, my wife and I were literally considering, like, do we name him David Letterman, Kate and Holland? Do we just have a living, <laughs> living tribute to David Letterman, Kate and Holland? So, like, even if that door slammed on you, that's, that's a cool feather in your cap, my it, friend. It, it was rad, and I kind of did, like, the, the, the kick in the butt. Not that uh, I love ab- abuse, but I think it's necessary at some times. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I think I think it's good. What, what have you, like... By sticking to your guns and, and going back here, did you have a... Uh, it didn't seem like you had any kind of regret, which I thought was rad. It's weird. I mean, everybody projects what they want to project, but it, it's always a grass is greener situation. Right. And I always wonder, like, if I'm there, would I be getting more things and mm-hmm. be more in the comedy zeitgeist? And, right, right. Uh, then you go there for a week and get it out of your system and, like, <laughs> you're like, cool, I got four podcasts and I tried for eight. I guess I'll go back to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, it, it's not uh, as immediate as you think it's going to be. So. Yeah. That's exactly right. I, but also, I think people think I hate L.A., and I don't at all. Mm. I, I just, it's not for me. And I also think the city is so interesting. Like, if you can't have fun in L.A., you're not fun. Right. There's so much cool shit in that city. It's true. It's true. But I love that you guys, st- you kept the growlics together, and you still are homegrown, and you're still making good shit, and you're successful without being misogynistic. Like, how's that work for three white dudes? Like, oh, no, how no, no, does... no, no, no. We've changed the formula. How? It's oh. pure misogyny. We're going oh. for the... <laughs> you must be printing money. Yeah, dude, we're going for the alt-right angle. Woo! We tried being Absolutely. liberals. It wasn't working. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, we're, <laughs> I think we've always just tried to be as inclusive as three white dudes could do. Yeah. And, uh, and we, uh, you know, Denver's like exploding comedically. There's so many new great voices. So we're always just trying to like show them, put them on the Grolics mm-hmm. and broadcast them a little further with our platform. Yeah. Can I pitch a new name? Please. I love Grolics. The proudest boys. <laughs> Is that like the most proud yeah. of all the boys? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Speaking I, of, did you pass the Capitol on the way here? <laughs> They're doing that like pro-Trump rally thing, like they stole the election. Oh. It's going on right now at the Capitol. I was, it was baffling. I just drove by, I circled around, because it's on a one-way street, and I was going one way the other way. And I was like, I gotta get a better look. So I circled around and just put my thumb down out the window. <laughs> and just throw the whole That'll show block. Them. And I really feel like I changed a few minds out there, guys. Well, and the ironic thing is if either of us, our pictures showed up like we're looking for this man for the Capitol riot in the main Capitol, you know sure. what I mean? These, it fits. <laughs> Little Bass Pro Shop gear, we're there. We're Dude, there with those guys. A hundred percent. I mean, every Cracker Barrel bear you passed, you could have just hopped out and become one. What if we just became spies, you and me? Like libtard spies? Yeah. Totally. That's the show. There we go. So we just kind of hang out with them and be like, oh, yeah, I hate chicks too. High five. And then kind of learn their ways. And uh, What if that's how they all are? They all started with those noble of intentions where they got pulled in. <laughs> but they're like having so much fun watching Rocky movies over and over and over and, and over again. just shooting shit. Yeah. <laughs> just going oh, out to the woods and shooting the shit. The best. Yeah, wearing flak jackets, no military experience whatsoever. Did you yeah. watch the Capitol riot? Like, I, yeah. I, I was glued to the TV that day, and I, I have a joke about it, but it's very true. It's like, Me too. I just wished that I could have been in the presence of people who had performed successful coups right. watching that. Like, yeah. former dictators and generals just being like, okay, you're fucking in, guys. You yeah. did it. You got, I can't believe it. It's happening in America. Stop taking photos of yourself. Like, why are you filming YouTube Why are you filming footage? yourself? Why is that guy in Pelosi's office? They track you on your phone. You have your phone? Burn the votes. Spill their blood. Jesus Christ. Why are you carrying a lectern? Like, so frustrated at the ineptitude of this Now, I like like to ask this to an audience. Who is your favorite Capitol rioter? (laughs) I know it's tough, but who's your your number one? That's right, MAGA shaman. I see you doing the headdress. That guy was my favorite because he was the king appropriator. Native American headdress. (laughs) Celtic tree of life around his tip. I didn't see that. And he had a pierced nipple. And the reason I like him, not only because he snitched right away. Oh, 100%. Still got four years. God bless him. <laughs> but he, you know they were all just like, whose fucking man is this? <laughs> Why? Nipple ring? The fuck, man? Don't tell me this guy's gay. Like, you know it messed with them. There's definitely a guy who's like, all right, look. I'm carrying a Confederate flag so big, people are tripping on it behind me, but this guy makes us look ridiculous. I, I don't know. Like he, he was very ridiculous, but the other, I, everybody looked like buffoons. He kind of scared me. Like There was some yeah. psychological warfare going on there. Oh, yeah. That I was just like, like, if the other generals were watching, they're like, this is a guy we could use. Like They'd pull him out <laughs> yeah. and be like, you can be a foot yeah. soldier in our Bolivian fucking coup. I, I'll go first. Because I have something in mind, but I'm going to ask you what, before we go to our first call, we have four calls, which is rad. I usually only do three, but Adam is such a deliciously handsome man, we got a fourth. Um, They're all my wife. That's why. (laughs) And youngest son. Yeah. All vowels. Um, But I'm going to pick, I'm going to throw this to you. If you were, uh, if you went in the Capitol Riot, let's say we're spies. Okay. Okay. And we're going to go big in the costume department. We're not going to go Bass Pro Club shop. Uh, We're going to... we're gonna we're gonna go Maga Shaman. Okay. Style. So I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna dress as Serpentor from uh, G.I. Joe, who was uh, the leader of Cobra, an amalgam of all the great military leaders, and he had a big Cobra headdress and a bare chest. He's super homoerotic. You know what I mean? I would just do so many push-ups that week and just try to get super ripped and just be dressed like that and just, just nudge against them too much and stuff <laughs> and just grease myself, just baby oil my whole body, you know? Like an 80s action movie guy. That, like would, that. that would be me. That's great. Know? And I would be like, you know, Serpent Dan or something, like a stupid fucking name and insist, insist everyone call me that. I'll throw it to you. I'm torn between two ideas that popped into my head. Old school Harlem Globetrotter uniform. <laughs> But rollerblading, rollerblading in. 
Or like a very quality rock steady bebop costume from like yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One of those guys. So either Sweet Lou Dunbar or Crazy Legs. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my God! That just if you just as anything vaguely like black culture, it would be so amazing. Yeah, that's how bananas it They'd was. Like, <laughs> you just saw a Harlem Globetrotter guy in the background. Like, is that fucking happening? What? I'm a fan. My kid loves him. Let's what fucking storm this bitch. Sorry. There's also that guy from Mr. Show. Remember? Like he was, he was an extra on Mr. Oh, Show. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember uh, the actor's name. Uh, uh, Jay, right? Yeah. He, and, I, whew, yeah. and then everybody, that, that day they're like, does anyone, can you identify these people? And all of comedy was like, yeah, we can identify that yeah. guy. It's the dude from fucking Mr. <sighs> Show. God, like I kind of knew him. Uh, haven't seen him for over 15 years. But what like, have you been up to? My, oh, yeah, my heart just sank. I was like, oh, fucking, you know, anyone you'd know. Even if it was just like a guy who dropped off a FedEx box, you'd be like, fucking Cliff. Come on, not really? that day. No God deliveries that day, Cliff. No, <laughs> why? Um, so we're going to go to the calls, and uh, I don't know, I think I told you uh, people who are new to the show, if you just came, I really appreciate you being here, first off, and if you're listening to the podcast, I appreciate you a lot too. But uh, just to let you know, I don't hear the calls. Uh, my producer, Renee, hears them. In this case, Jake Brown. Let's have a hand for Jake, who is stepping in for Renee. And... Uh, he, he produced a show with myself and Kyle Kinane called Hey Girl over the pandemic where we would uh, uh, do Zoom calls with random strangers and make fun of their apartments and get drunk. Uh, so he was great on that and he'll be great on this. But he basically has ordered the calls and chosen the, the four. So, um, oh, I also asked this. Do you get asked advice a lot? No, definitely not. Okay, great. So let's uh, <laughs> roll the first call. Hi, Matt. I want to shave my head. Kind of. I love my hair. My girlfriend loves my hair, but I keep looking at myself in the mirror and I am torn because I grew a great mustache over quarantine and I've always had hair and I'm non-binary and for some reason doing crazy shit with your hair. It just makes sense to me, but also I'm torn because it somehow feels more permanent than any tattoo I've ever gotten. Uh, is that strange to be this attached to something like hair anyways thanks uh can't wait to see you next time you're in ann arbor bye as you are my guest i'll let you take first crack i mean is he asking should i shave my head basically was what he was saying yeah and not to pronoun you but i would it's a it's a day yes you're totally right yeah they were asking should i shave my head um i mean i'd like to see the head yeah and that is the risk have you ever shaved your head never I did high school soccer hazing. We got to like various rounds of the playoffs, and then once we got to the quarterfinals, it was the juniors' turns, and they shaved all of our heads. Wow. And it wasn't a good look for me. And that was <laughs> when I had, you know, a full head of hair, yeah. high school, just prime. Um, but I've never done it since. So I, I think if you can grow it back well, why not? Yeah. Absolutely, why not? It sounds like you got a mustache, so no hair and a mustache is a cool look. Yeah, uh, but if you can't grow it back well, if it's not growing back at the pace you want, I'd say hold on to the rest you got like for dear life. It'll it, it'll go bald itself. Yeah, it won't it won't help. It's not like uh, my father's generation believed the more you shave something, the more hair would grow, and that's entirely not true. Not like, on the top. Not on the top. They got that idea. I, think, I got the formula licked, guys. I think yeah, I think one guy shaved his back with a straight razor and hurt himself horribly, and the hair grew back weird or something like that. But, yeah, it's uh, platoon stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, if it sounds like, caller, it's burning at you. And I think you should maybe try it. Don't have your, uh, your partner come after me screaming, why'd you let them shave their head? But it sounds like something you want to do. I think it's hilarious and very uh, Generation Z that you think it's uh, more permanent than a tattoo. That's very telling. That's hilarious. Because young people just be like, yeah, I got, uh, you know, suck my nuts right here on my neck. I'm like, why not? I'm a SoundCloud rapper. You know what I mean? When am I not going to work in this cubicle for Facebook or whatever they do? It's just like, look to the future. But like, I, I, and I also think being non-binary, I think you just get the pick of the litter. You can do any look you want. Not that anyone can't. Anyone here can. But I think when you're non-binary, you just kind of can go nuts in any kind of direction. It's kind of like how, you know, everybody loves you when you're bi. Yeah. You know, not to quote the Bible. I think that's <laughs> Book of Mark, I think. Uh, but that was yeah. your other podcast. Yeah, and, and I'm, when you said shaven head and a mustache, that's a hot look. That's a great look. I love that look, man. 
I, I would be arrested immediately with that look. <laughs> but I think for some people, it's really, I would look like the guy from the hills have eyes if I did that, you know, but with a mustache, which is almost like a swinger mutant. Like, that's weird. I, I, uh, I've had this beard for a long time. I know. And now that I have sons, I really want to just fuck with their heads and shave, and it, shave it one night <laughs> and just see, see the terror in their eyes. But my wife really does not want me to do that. I uh, did drag queen bingo uh, via Zoom with my daughter and friends. And I, we, it was 80s night because we uh, it was an 80s themed party because uh, our friend Trish just was turning 40 and she was born in 80. And she like... Uh, we, I put on like a, one of those headbands with the hair built in, so you have an instant, instant mullet. And I had Rose in my lap, and she turned and was like, ah! like just screamed like I was a maniac that crawled through a broken window or yeah. something. So if I shave my beard, I can't imagine. Yeah, you all know. We had the teacher that had the mustache, and one day something was wrong in his life, and he shaved it. And you're like, no, Mr. Nah, Trento, don't do this. Not cool. Like, you can talk about uh, a history all you want, but your face looks like trash. You look awful. Yeah, exactly. But I think, caller, I, I think you, you sound young and you're, you're, you can afford to make some mistakes if it is a mistake and the hair will grow back. So God bless and, and, and good luck to you and Godspeed. I think you regret the stuff you didn't do, do much more than uh, the stuff you did, generally speaking. You know, not like, you know, drunk driving or something like that, but like taking little, little chances like that and kind of being, I'll never forget, I was thinking about this the other day. I, should, I was like, I should share this in the pod. I remember once in college, in my freshman year, I had this really soft, ugly Hawaiian shirt. I just loved wearing. And I was wearing it around. And all these other students kept making fun of me. And then I changed into something else. And one of those kids saw me later in the day. I was like, yeah, he changed. And that hurt way more than they making fun of my Hawaiian shirt. So I think you got to do it for you. And it sounds like people don't want you to, but you want to. I think you've made the decision already. Hope that helps. Um, Okay, let's roll the next call. Hey, Bronger. Hey, Adam. Uh, Matt, it's Justin from Mansfield. Um, I love the live format for this. I uh, hope it goes uh, so great. Um, so I'm calling for some future dad advice from a couple of dads. Um, <clears throat> me and my fiance have known we're pregnant for a little bit, but we just found out it was a boy. And uh, I had honestly prepared myself to have a girl because I just feel like the one I would be better at, right? Like, get out there, kick everyone's ass, burp in public, don't take no for an answer, and just take over the world. Well, now I'm like, fuck, I apply that same logic to a son, and I'm going to be arguing with, like, a boneheaded libertarian in 20 years. So, <clears throat> not trying to get too gender-obsessed, because who really knows, but how do I raise a non-toxic, sensitive son when what I plan to do was raise a completely toxic asshole daughter. Thank you. Love you, Matt. See you soon. And good luck. Thanks. Okay. A little uh, preface. That's my friend, Justin, who uh, grew up with my wife, who I've become really good friends with. He and his wife were pregnant and sadly lost uh, the child. And now they're pregnant again with a boy. And I should say uh, my instinct, my gut is wrong so often much like the stereotypical men's sense of direction that you've heard made fun of in a million things, I literally was like, I know it's a boy. I know I'm having a son. Got to get ready. And I had the same question in my head that Justin just gave us. And when the doctor called me and was like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, it's a son. Like, no, I would have bet $1,000. Like, no question. She's like, it's a girl. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I wept so hard in the kitchen. It hit me so hard emotionally. <laughs> That I was just like, yeah, this is a girl, you know, <laughs> especially because like, I'm an old dad. So it's kind of like having this this awesome, not last chance, but you get what I'm, I'm you, you get what I'm coming from. But I love that he called about that because he is for sure having a son uh, and you're raising two great boys. And strapping, robust, strapping, robust, pugilistic little hardcore dudes, core pirates. <laughs> the oldest one's already tattooed. Looks good, by the way. Yeah, they're gonna uh, fight me like the Bush sons. Are one you day. sure he'll like the band 311? Though I'm positive. Okay, cool. Just throwing that out. Oh there. my styly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this. Justin's an old friend of mine, but I think this question is for you, man. Well, Justin, I, I have to say the fact that you're thinking about this and asking this type of question shows what a good dad you'll be. 
and the type of non-toxic son you will raise. I think uh, people who are toxic, these thoughts do not entertain enter their brains, and they don't think about how to raise a sensitive man in a in this world, and and one that goes out and is like just and fair and aware of his white male privilege and tries to make the world a better place. So I think you're already ahead of the game. But I do also just think uh, a healthy baby is a miracle. And so it does, if it's a boy, it's a girl, you're so lucky and I, I, it's gonna be fine. And you know, I got two sons. We didn't know the sex the first time. We were just surprised when it came out. And then the second one, I wanted a girl. You want a boy and a girl, that'd be great. And, but I didn't want to greet him with that energy if he was born a boy, being like, no, I'm disappointed. So we, <laughs> so we found out what the sex was. So I knew. It's like, I got a second boy coming. And I just think uh, it's, it's an opportunity to just put better fucking white dudes out into the world yeah. and teach them what you know. And, and I don't think it's that hard. I mean, if they start acting like little frat idiots... Smack them around a little bit, Justin. Get them, get their heads, and <laughs> get their, you know. I, but I think uh, your your mindset already shows you're on the right path. Yeah, and no matter what you tell your kid, you can sit there and read your your son a copy of Our Bodies Ourselves or whatever. But it's all by example. It's all them watching you and how you treat women, about how you treat people who aren't the same color as you, you know, or, or the same uh, sexual predilection or whatever. It, it's really, I mean, I grew up with a dad who grew up in Sioux City, Iowa, and, you know, probably had a very racist upbringing, and I remember him going to seminars to meet other people of other cultures with different backgrounds, and he would tell me bec- he, he did it to kind of be a better man. And that, I remember as a kid, like, that locked in my skull, where it's like, yeah, you should work toward improving yourself. I mean, my personal philosophy on life, not to get too deep or anything, or share too much, or, you know, really blow your skirt right up uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, is just to keep improving your problems. That's the key. Like, you're always going to have problems. There's always going to be something that makes you go, fuck, but you want that thing to be better than it was a couple years ago if you can. And I think you having that son, I, fuck, I would worry about that same thing, but I worry about that having a daughter too. Like, my, my daughter is one years old, a sociopath, like doesn't care about anything but herself. And it's kind of like you have that dumb fear where you're like, gosh, I hope she grows out of this where she quits dry gulching me all the time. I have to take her away from her mom. That's a punch in the throat for you guys who don't know. That's what that means, to dry gulch somebody. It's also delicious beer. We're sponsor yeah. of the festival, Dry Gulch IPA. Thanks, Dry Gulch. <laughs> Thanks, And thank you, Mountain Time as well. Delicious, smooth, crisp Mountain Time. Tastes like sucking on a woodland rock. Mountain Time. No, it's actually good. It's actually really tasty. Sorry. I don't want to offend Rob Mountain Time, who is here tonight, I believe. Ooh, he draws a lot of water in this town. He draws a- <laughs> That's a great minor expression. I love that. That's fantastic. But do you, do you find yourself occasionally having to, you know, bite your tongue or not joke or anything around your sons? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. I'm just a comic and I'm cynical and I, you know, I'll talk shit about the neighbors and my yeah. wife will just be like, let's not put out negativity around them. You don't think they're just going to parrot that? Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want them talking shit about Kim down the street, even though I am. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, what are you doing? Why are you pissing off Adam? He's a sweet guy. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I think, I mean, my wife and I, we have a friend who's uh, very big into child development, and she's a very uh, woke woman. And she's okay. like, turn us on to all this like, anti-racist literature mm. and all these children's books. And so we're already just like, re- and it's, we're, my wife's white, I'm white. It's a white household. Mm-hmm. So we're just, it's having books that represent other cultures around from day one mm-hmm. and be like, here's a story about a black family. And, yeah. here, you know, I think that's just like gets in your kid's DNA and pulls them out of their white navel gazing a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I mean, we've also just gotten Rose uh, dolls that are different color yeah. than, than her. You know, I have a whole bit about that. I'm not trying to go into bits, but here we go. Get it up. Lay it out. <laughs> no, I wanted my boys like Malcolm is just alpha male trucks, 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 trucks. And so we love it. We get him trucks. But I wanted to expand his toy portfolio. I was like, I'm going to get him a doll baby. Uh-huh. And I, in my head, I just thought, I guess it's a white doll baby. And I went to Target and I was like, oh my God, they have every race of doll baby. Totally. And I was just spinning out. I was like, oh, <laughs> you fucking straight white male. Like, of course you just get a white doll baby. Like, you're the problem. So anyway, I got a black female doll baby for our son, Malcolm. Gabby. Nice. Gabby. And he loves her. He loves Gabby. Oh, that's Gabby. fantastic. But I was definitely just like, what kind of doll would Rachel Maddow buy? I don't want to make the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and, and I will say it's disturbing because all my daughter does with her dolls is bite them and just bank their heads off the side of chairs. <laughs> like she has like a little boy and she'll just be like, oh, like just wrestling moves, just slam his face. And it, like, where it would like be like a break the bridge of your nose kind of move. <laughs> and I remember she had, she had this little doll that I called Woodsman Wayne that was like a fantastic Mr. Fox guy and he had suspenders, like a lumberjack guy, like a Denver man. Yeah, Woodsman Wayne. Or an Oregonian. Wayne. And he was, he was in the crib with her and I came in and she's got him by the suspenders and she's screaming <laughs> in his face. And it's just like, you spent the rent money again, you fuck. I'll fucking kill you. I'm tired of this, Wayne. <laughs> This goddamn one-horse town is killing us both. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Los Angeles. It turns into a broke back. I love you, Wayne. You're my best friend. You, Wayne. You're my best friend, but I hate you and I love you, Wayne. <laughs> I'm not attracted to you, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Good for Rose, man. I no, like that. She's a, she's a gas, man. She's a, she's, she cracks me up all the time, and she's almost too cute. Like she lo- I, I have strangers all the time that are like, she looks like a doll. I'm like, I don't. Like that compliment. That's weird. Looks like an inanimate object. Amazing. You know? You know what I'm trying to get out of as a parent, and this is just a future tip, but it's like everyone comes up to your child and they're like, hey, what's your name, little buddy? How's it going? And my kid's so shy. He was like a COVID baby. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, and he just doesn't want to talk to people. And then, and I see a lot of parents be like, Malcolm, you say hello to the person. You say hello, hey, say hello, Malcolm. Like that does nothing. No. And so I just like let him be aloof if he wants to be aloof. Totally. And I say to the guy like, yeah, he's not really into and, socializing. And w- but I see so many parents botch that move. Yeah. It's just like, don't force your kid to be at two and a half this polite society person they'll figure it out and speaking as a sensitive bitch like who is that (laughs) adult who's just like he won't say hi to me it's like it's a child (laughs) i'm always like hey man how you doing they're like look past you like i can give a fuck about you man like all the time i'm not gonna be like hey hey i'm a person like i don't it's a child your kid's got a real attitude problem I think there's a there's a uh, there's a correlation between Denver and Portland in that people think it's a lot nicer than it is in a lot of ways, especially our childhood. I bet you grew up a, about a, around a bunch of wild parents. Like I've met your parents, yeah. they're great people. They're, you know, nice, they're kind, but like I was growing up around people whose parents were savage. Like my friend my friend Brandon's dad used to work on his motorcycle and we'd like strip a gear, hurt himself, he'd go, fucking whore! Like he'd yell whore at the motorcycle. And we're just like, oh, like I, that makes me feel sad that your dad, like what a horrible thing to yell at an inanimate object. Not that it feels anything, but let's talk about like memories of parents we grew up around that were like, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to think of like hardcore parents like that. My parents are just hippies. Okay. So it's just very, same, same. you can do no wrong, buddy. Like mm-hmm. you have an emotional issues. Let's get you to a shrink like, <laughs> at six years old. Um, so they encourage everything. I'm trying to think of the stern parents. It was more just like the cool moms who was like, you guys can smoke weed in the basement. Ah. And that's, that started early yeah. in this town. That was like, 12, 13, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't give a shit. No, my, my buddy's uncle was the uh, the weed guy from Memorial Coliseum. Like if the Eagles or the Whalers came through, he would drive up in a pickup truck with a giant potato sack full of weed and just be like, that's for Bob Marley and his friends. Where's my money? Like that was, he had a farm out in the woods and, you know, was just dealing. Like I knew friends who had parents who, excuse me, my parents, my friend's parents had uh, houses paid for with marijuana. Jesus. Like clearly. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking of, I, I remember waiting to uh, drink out of a water fountain with a friend in a public park, and we were probably about six, and it was my, me and my friend Eli, and there was a guy behind us, and he was holding a baby, and he, we were, no water was coming out. And he's like, you girls going to drink? You're just going to stand there all day. You girls. We're clearly boys. And he's just trying to alpha us, and I was so shocked. I was like, and like if someone said that to me, cool, he's an asshole, but he's holding a child. Like, he's raising a baby. And <laughs> we're like, it, there's no water coming out. And he goes, then suck it. That's a dad. Like, wow. that's someone's dad right now. Oof. Some people have harder roads than others. Yes. That poor kid, man. Okay, well, let's roll another call. Hey, uh, this is Doug. And I just uh, had had a question, had, had uh, some advice I'd like to uh get on uh, my 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 issue so 
my issue is I'm, I'm 37 and I'm living uh, with my parents again after being homeless and having a couple of road trips and bad trips uh, 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 and failing at stand-up for about 14 years. And um, just uh, also I had a quick question for Adam since I know he's going to be there. Hey, ¿cuándo vamos a empezar nuestro podcast Somos Bilingüenses? Porque ha pasado demasiado tiempo y me haces falta tú y pues uh, vamos a hacerlo esto en uh, 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 un día un día de estos. Pero uh, but anyway, so um, yeah, so that's that was that was my uh, problem that I'm having. Uh, uh, right now, and I'm, I'm unemployed. I'm, I'm looking for work, and I've worked in the cannabis sector. I know you're doing this in Denver, and I want to sell under the name Doug Nugs one day, and um, you know, just maybe get back on stage and try that again, and just uh, get out of get out of get out of my parents' house and hair, respectively, uh, so that I can um, be an adult and just kind of you know live life and. Uh, quit jumping through fires like that one time. All right. Uh, any, any, and all advice would be appreciated. Okay. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I do love how no one knows what the calls are going to say or do. And when they kind of stutter and wait, you're like, uh, well, okay. And we're, we're still on. Like, I don't know if they've dropped off or not. Right, sometime, right. Sure. But, um, the, the, I'll throw it to you, but the only thing I would uh, first off say is do not feel ashamed that you're living with your parents. Uh, I think we're at the all-time high culturally right now of people doing that of all ages. I'm just glad you're not on the fucking streets. That's what counts. So don't feel – not that you feel, should feel ashamed if you're unhoused, if you're listening to this. Uh, but, you know, good. A roof with people that love you. Thumbs up. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, but um, – Hey, I am a hero. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. Finally, someone. You I'm know. telling you, you're a good enough dude to raise a son, Matt. <laughs> that means so much, you know? <laughs> well, you know, and I didn't talk about this a lot, but now that I have a daughter, I realize that women have feelings and rights. And I think that's... <laughs> I, that every time a fucking senator, like something sexual harassy happens or assaulty, and he's like, now I have three daughters. So right. th did you not give a fuck about women before, man? What happened? <laughs> Only one that was made by your jizz. Anyway, guys. Um, burp, burp. I think, well, he was, he was speaking Spanish I know this guy. You. This is you Doug. Do? Yeah, okay. he's a, I met him in L.A. He's a comedian. Um, and we, one night, jokingly talked about doing a podcast in Spanish because we both speak Spanish. Right on. And, that's, and I think he was asking, when are we going to do that? And Doug, I was joking. <laughs> I was just fucking joking. It was we were drunk and I was just riffing with you in Spanish and it seemed like a fun idea at the time, but I don't have the time. But um, it would be fun in another life. Sure. And my Spanish has fallen off. Yours is actually sounding pretty good still, <laughs> Doug. Um, I th I don't know what his question was. I think his question was like, should I get back into stand up? Sure. And get out of my parents' house and do that. And I mean, of course, if that's what gets your blood going, go for it. But I think if you know, I don't think I would jump into it as a means to get out of your parents' house if that's the goal. No. I think what you need to do is find a job that you like and can set aside some money and then get a place and do stand-up on the side. But I think as stand-up is such a long-shot profession. Right. And as Matt and I can both attest, you think you're going to get to this point where you're, like, stable and I've done it, and you're still sweating and nervous about the next thing. Yep. And so I think uh, to, to be trying to launch yourself after being homeless and, and in your parents' house into stand-up as a means to, to pull yourself out. I think it should be something you do because you love. I don't think it's going to be your economic freedom right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, do it for fun, but definitely this is not the means to uh, sustaining yourself financially for a long time. Yeah, and I think he also is going through what a lot of us are going through is like kind of like what's next, and I'm feeling really lost, and I'm feeling really uh, fucked up and shattered, and I think... That's a result of not only the pandemic, but I, I bring it up a lot on the podcast. Uh, I, I feel like for the last four or five years, we've had a level of collective anxiety that about 10 years ago I would have thought would be unsustainable and unendurable. Un and I think it's uh, amazing and a testament to the human spirit that we're not all in here uh, doing shots of Jaeger and punching each other in the mouth. Now, that might change in 20 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> but it is the high dive. I, it, just, it is the high dive. 
But uh, I, I, I think we all have to, just like you have to go, you have to stop and go, all right, this is fucked up, and then you go from there. This is fucked up. What's going on, uh, you know, climate-wise, politics-wise, uh, income inequality-wise? It's crazy. Uh, I remember um, we used to do a show at, uh, uh, called the, the at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Yeah, I, think you've I love it. it. Yes, I yeah, love it's Lincoln awesome. Lodge. And one year they did a Christmas show, and it was a horrible idea because <laughs> uh, Mark Geary actually booked a dude to sing Christmas songs, and there was a guy there who was a comedian uh, named Brian Petrovka who was dressed as Santa and was almost comically drunk and we were by the bar and he's just teetering on his feet and he's looking at the guy singing and he just goes i want to tackle him and i wish i would have been like no don't that's a bad idea you'll crush his acoustic guitar you weigh at least 300 pounds brian please don't but instead being half drunk myself i said fuck it tackle him and it was like i cut the leash on a Doberman or a pit bull that saw a rabbit. Like he took off faster than a man his size should be able to. And he picked him up. I don't know if you guys know football, but there's a move called a root hog where you lift someone up by their feet and you slam them. Uh, John Cena does it, I know. And also a sponsor of the festival, Root Hog Pale Ale. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, and uh, uh, John Cena Pantalones. I don't know why they're <laughs> called that. But. Um, getting the Spanish-speaking audience. But he slammed him, and the guy kept playing the Christmas song. Like, chestnuts roll to an open fire. Jack Hosley. And Brian's, like, doing elbow drops on him and kicking him. And the guy should have been like, fuck this, get off me, stop. And I think as a country and as a world, we have to stop and do that. We can't just keep singing the Christmas song because we're getting tackled by a drunken Santa right now and just got to call it out. We might not beat him. I think we can, but I think we have to just stop and go, whoa, 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 whoa. So to the caller, I think, you know, Doug, I think you got to uh, stop and just go, well, this is fucked up, but I know it's fucked up, but at least I'm safe. And at least I know I have options. There are people that have no options. There are people that are stuck in prison. You know, there are people uh, that are de dealing with a debilitating disease. I didn't think I would go this dark, but you have to be grateful for what you have. And uh, you know, I mean, Adam and I were silly enough to think that success would solve all our problems and, and make us happy. And, and to get to this certain point, all the, the bullshit goes away. And it doesn't. You know, you, you kind of have to take care of yourself and, and make the choice to be happy. And I know, Doug, it's probably really hard to do that, but you sound like you've got sunshine and light inside you right now. Like, your voice sounds happy. You sound like you've got hopeful uh, feelings inside of you. So I think it's like, you're halfway there, man. The world's your oyster. Just, just take a look around and say to yourself, what do you really want to do? Stand up? Great. Do stand up. But work for FedEx or whatever to kind of pay the bills. And then work from there Dude, I, that's so beautiful what you just said and i can completely relate Thanks. especially about like the just feeling the overwhelming feeling of like everything going to shit yeah and i'd like to share like one story i turned Please. 40 last year and Gross. All my, all my, it's disgusting <laughs> um but i'm, for, I'm 47 I'm, I'm 41 now but i was on my 40th birthday it was like june so it was like the pandemic was just new yeah. and uh there was all the george floyd protests going on yeah. and i was gonna have friends over to my backyard for a distanced 40th birthday party i had had elaborate plans whatever and then that night they instituted a curfew because shit was hitting the fan and my friends were like sorry we can't do it so i turned 40 with my wife in the backyard with enough booze for a party and just listening to <laughs> police helicopters and flashbangs and it was wildfire ash from the sky and i was oh. just like this is the planet is fucking going to shit. Obviously, way bigger problems than my fucking sad 40th birthday party. Look at all those huge things going on. No, that's just as bad. It's mean, just as bad. A fourth terrible thing. <laughs> um, but I just remember feeling really fucking hopeless and sad about it all, and it was a miserable. T and I, I woke up the next morning and I took my son bird watching, and we went on a hike. And it's just like that was the small little thing I could find to be happy about. I can't control these big, terrible things at play. So, Doug, if stand-up is that for you, do it. Mm. And, uh, and find the little things that give you this joy in this terrible, shitty world yeah. we're all navigating. Absolutely, because it is pure acceptance. I always tell comics that are coming up, it's like no one will remember you if you bomb, and that's a blessing. 
You know, no one goes home and was like, man, this guy ate shit. Do you remember what he said? I remember every word. No, you don't. You blocked it out because it was traumatic for you and him or her. You know, like, but you remember if someone killed and if you're at an open mic and you're halfway good, it's like keys in front of a dog. They love it. They're like, <laughs> fucking thank Christ. Someone knows what they're doing, you know, but... I mean, it's a blessing to have those situations and to just be able to, to get up there. And it's, it's, it's like skydiving, man. It makes you feel alive. I've never skydove. No, have me you? neither. I find it obvious and a weird choice to feel alive. I just feel, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it, it, that, that would be pushing it. I've been so lucky in my life. That's where the one would got to be like, fuck you then. You die. You know that's what I mean? fucking loop. Paris, you're going to jump out of a plane after all I've given you? Yeah, there's certain ones where it's like you, you see that pool in London that's like, glass and on the side of a building it was oh, just, no. just like if you're swimming in there and that falls off the side of the building you deserve to fall off the side of the building <laughs> you needed much, a yeah how much of an asshole would you feel falling to your death like why did i in I this pool could have just, just gone to a holiday inn and swam around <laughs> fuck me uh, i wanted to see london from above had, and in water had to press my dick against the glass <laughs> check out my big ben oh yeah, honestly, that's a cool way to go. That I, is a cool I, way to go. When you took it to that level, now I see the appeal. Like, what if your dick broke the glass? Whoa. Like, there was already way too much pressure, and you just hit that one point. You know, oh, my God. National hero. It's bigger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dick jokes. Oh, the English. I, I, I love that you still have at this festival. Thank you for bringing it back, first off. Fuck, yeah. Thanks and for also, doing it, Matt. Yeah, dude. This is a, this is a joy. Um, thanks, guys. Um, and I just feel like Denver's such a good town for comedy. It, it, it has, hands down, the best comedy club in the country, Comedy Works, uh, which is scientifically designed to be amazing. Absolutely. Like, the way it's built, the way it's ran, it's just, Wendy's a genius. Like, it's, it's so cool. And I am trying to get booked there again. <laughs> but no. No, but it is. It's just, it's like, I feel like every club owner who builds a club should go there and be like, yep, let's go to spec. Like, can I borrow the blueprints? It should be like this. It should be shaped like an arrowhead, you know? And should be weird smells, a leak that won't stop in the green room for yeah. going on 26 years. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I play at the comedy store every week in L.A., but it's, it, you know, Mickey Cohen used to murder people in the basement. And you can <laughs> feel that. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, uh, Matt was involved. There's Charlene, our friend Charlene is here in a festival yeah. called the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which was in Portland. And I got invited to that early on in my comedy career and it opened so many fucking doors for me. Cool. And I went to Bridgetown and I was like, Denver needs this. So I've always just been like, we copied Bridgetown. We brought the formula here. A music fest style. You can bounce into this venue, that venue. And Denver's taken the ball and ran with it. It's it, a great comedy town. And it like, just, I mean, it, it takes, it takes the, the grit and, and work and, and uh, you know, the struggle that you know people like Charlene and Andy Wood and not me did for Bridgetown. I mean, it's, it. And, but you did that, and and I. Well, I, it's, it's, similarly, Karen, my partner in the fest, does the grit and the struggle yeah, and all. Karen and our amazing staff is amazing. And I just sit up here with famous friends and goof and riff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have our strengths. But I, yeah, I think it's 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 it should be in uh, every town. I suggest other comics get into it, and let and let's be clear. Yeah, okay, this is a, you know, your version of Bridgetown, but it is its own thing. For sure, and for sure. you know, I thought we were way more ripped off by other uh, fests that like would partner with like Golden Voice or whatever yeah, and yeah, yeah. and bring in, you know, these which is great too and bringing these giant acts, but like, you know, wristbands cost $200 or something insane. You know, I, I think this is uh, kind of like by the people for the people, you know, but it's not gross and communist. Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I just love let's all go to the state capitol building right now let's together right as a group. Now. They're ready for us. Charge! We've got a bus. If you don't have a nipple ring, though, fuck off. <laughs> you don't get to come. Put on your headdress. Okay, Adam, we have one more call. Hell yeah. Okay, okay so uh, hopefully this one's a doozy. And I, I just want to savor this moment because this will be the last call of the, of the pod. And this is the first time I've done this uh, might help live. And I just love it when a call pipes in. I love watching you guys' faces and wondering. And I did an early incarnation of this. I used to do uh, advice on uh, my first podcast, Ding Donger with Matt Bronger. And <laughs> was a great title. I miss it sometimes. <laughs> but I invented it so people knew how to say my name, if I'm honest. Were those but, fans dingers or dongers? Oh, fuck. Both. Both. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why Ding not? dongers. Yeah. And I will say, like, friends and my wife will yell donger to get my attention. And it's always <laughs> funny where people are like, your name is donger? It's really weird. Um, 
But uh, uh, I loved that one of the calls was a guy who was like, hey, um, I think my dick is weird. And it was like, just to see everyone's face go, what the f- <laughs> What advice can you give on someone's penis or whatever? So hopefully this call isn't too much of a bummer with that intro. But even if it is, it's, it's so fun to be experiencing it, not only for the first time with my guest, uh, but with you guys. So I appreciate it. Let's roll the fourth and final call. Here we go. Matt Bronker, David Dean here, big fan. I wish I was attending the show in person at, uh, with you and Adam King Holland. Uh, please tell Adam hello. I have a question for you. I know everyone there is a big fan of Norm MacDonald, as were both you and Adam and whoever else was on the show today. How could they not be? I do not mean to bring the vibes down. I want to keep it happy and uh, and keep it funny, but I am also genuinely curious what some of your uh, first memories of Norm were or uh, memories of you meeting him or uh, how he influenced your comedy. Just any thoughts, stories on the great Norm MacDonald. Thanks so much. Have fun in Denver. Bye-bye. All right. I love that question. That's a great question. Absolutely. And that's not a downer at all. No. It's, I, 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 it's a downer for sure because we're all sad that Norm's gone, but like... Oh, yeah. It's... I've said this to a friend, like, we're all pouring through his comedy right now. Yeah. The day he died, I I watched 15 things. Just like, I watched the 1998 ESPYs where he went to town Uh just with the most incredible monologue. So, like, it is cool to enjoy that dude's work and, like, remember. When Harris Whittles died. Yeah. I, I went and listened to all his podcast appearances. I just yep. deep dived into it. And I'm doing it with Norm MacDonald. So it's like the good thing about a comedian is that they can leave behind this body of work that you can still go and celebrate. So I've just been really sad, but hap- but watching Norm's stuff. And yeah. you know, what a genius. And I think that's all you can do because life is impermanent. And uh, sorry, everyone here is going to die. So whatever you leave behind... I'm sorry. I had a history teacher say that once in college, and it fucked me up so bad I had to pass it on. <laughs> Even me? Uh, but Then he pulls the fire alarm. Yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah he's like, me right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what a way to go. Uh, you know, but Norm said, uh, yeah, I have cancer, but as far as I know, when you die, the cancer dies. That's not a loss. That's a draw, you know? <laughs> Great joke, man. It's an amazing joke. And yeah. It's a great philosophy where it's like, it goes with me, so it can't hurt anybody else kind of thing. And, and 61 is way too young, but I just think he was almost like a, a, a mythical creature more than a person. Like, I don't know if anyone ever got all that close to him, even people that were close, but uh, I will say, you asked for memories. I met uh, him for the first time and I never mentioned this in all the times we were around each other in like, you know, comedy clubs and stuff. Uh, before I was a comedian, I was uh, going to college in New York and my then girlfriend and I and uh, two friends who were dating and two other friends uh, went into the city to bar hop. We were in a bar. Norm had just gotten Saturday Night Live. So this would have been the mid 90s when I was in college. Uh, I know I don't look that old. It's true. Uh, But he was there just drinking by himself. And I was like, hey, aren't you on Saturday Night Live? And I hadn't even thought about doing comedy yet. I was just a pretentious actor back then. But I was a huge SNL fan. He was like, yeah. And he came and sat at our table. And uh, he was definitely making eyes at my friend Lori, who was dating my friend Eric. And Eric picked up on that and did not like it at all. (laughs) And he picked up on that, too. Norm did. And Norm was like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't, uh, uh," said to Lori, I'm not going to do Norm because I can't. But he's like, "Uh, why don't you and I uh, make out? And then uh, points at Eric, you make out with her. And he points at my girlfriend. I'm like, fuck no. And (laughs) And Eric's like, no, man, like all angry, you know. And uh, he just said it like it was the most normal thing in the world. Like, let's just swing, baby. You know, let's just all kiss each other. I got an idea. Like, what? What this guy's out of his mind? And then my friend Lisa was like, I'll make out with you. And she made out with him. And I wrote that online. And I'd forgotten my friends Randy and Lisa were there. And Randy wrote, didn't Lisa make out with him? And I was like, holy shit, I forgot. And Lisa, who I haven't seen in like 25 years, wrote on the Instagram, he was a very good kisser. So I was like, boom. That's amazing. That happened, you know? You gotta love the confidence of a comic bound for SNL. Oh, like, yeah. hey, three ladies that wanna make out? Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was that. It was, it was, I remember seeing uh, Eddie Murphy delirious when I was a kid and being like, I've never seen confidence like that. And I still haven't. 
but Norm came close. You know That's know amazing. I mean? Norm That's amazing. didn't care. You know, he didn't care how a set went. He didn't care if he burned it to the ground. That was Norm. I really, Billy Madison's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I love Billy Madison so much. And Norm MacDonald and that other actor who are Adam Sandler's idiot friends in that movie <laughs> are such funny non sequitur jokes throughout that yeah. I, uh, I watched that the other night as well. It's just like, I'm, I'm deep diving on Norm MacDonald. Yeah, what's your, what's your go-to? Like, you, get, you can only show people one clip of Norm MacDonald. What would you show? That Conan one yep. with uh, yep. where he's making fun of Carrot Top. Yep. I rewatched that interview and like it wouldn't happen today. Like the manager would come pull no. his client off set, but he just continued. And when you know the moment where Conan's like, she says the name of the film is Chairman of the Board, and Conan's like, do something with that, and he spells board. He goes, I bet it's spelled B O R E D, and you can see Conan explode. Yeah. He was not expecting he, that. He feels so bad for uh, Courtney Thorne Smith. Right. He yeah. feels so, and as all, we all did, it's like just deer in the headlights. Like, this isn't supposed to happen, but it is, and it just is brutal, and you can't help but laugh. And it, you know, there's, there's something about a comedian who just calls out, you know, the emperor's naked. That's it. He's, he has no clothes, and we all kind of know it, but who's going to say it, and it's going to hurt feelings, but fuck it. And that was. What was your go-to, Norm? That. that. that, that yeah, yeah exactly. that, that's it. I yeah. mean, that's what I was going to say, too, because it was that moment where it's like, yeah, it's going to be mean, but it's true, and we all got to work, but that movie sucks, and <laughs> we know it sucks before we've seen it. You know, you see the poster, and you're like, man, that movie's terrible, and Carrot Top is a lovely man. <laughs> like, he's a good guy, but there's kind of a reason he was the butt of the joke for so long with his huge bucket of props yes, and bodybuilder's body, you know? An yeah. eyeliner. But look, that's his choice. Yeah. But, I mean, it, 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 it sucks. I mean, I didn't even know that he had cancer. Did you know? No, I didn't know him very well. I've opened for him once here, mm -hmm. and I'm just like a fan from afar. But I couldn't claim to have any sort of intimate friendship with him at all. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly didn't know he had cancer. Yeah. So that was kind of, that's why it was so shocking that day. I just had no idea, and I was like 61, man. That's... Yeah, it, it, and it's, it just, just seems like people are just going right now. And every time you turn around, somebody... Fucking Trevor Moore, you know, from Whitest Kids. I, 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 it's one of those things where I, I, when I found out he died, I was like, well, that's not true. We texted three days ago about getting a drink. Like, that's, there's no way he's dead. But it's, it's just, it's that fast. And life is just that sadly temporary. But look, I remember my friend Gus died in Chicago out of nowhere. And I remember being at a party and I had a, a real moment of clarity where I was like, would he want me to be all wrecked and sad like I am right now? Or would he want me to be happy with the people that we have left? Like, really, I mean, besides Adam, I think everyone here, if they die, wants people to not be sad. Like, honestly, you know, <laughs> you want a temple built, let's be honest. I want a temple built. I want mm -hmm. stories. Yes. One month of mourning citywide. Bronco's helmet under your arm. Elway's so there. Steve Elway. Atwater. El, a, a statue of you plus Elway's crying at your feet, <laughs> and you're ascending into heaven. A city mourn. Slapping Elvis and Jesus out of the way you to got get it. into heaven. You it's got it. It's a very convoluted, enormous, uh, it dwarfs most buildings in Denver, actually. How great would that be if you just had a, you commissioned like a giant, like Adam, Kate, and Holland head? Oh my God, if I had fuck you money, I would build the most garish, oh. I would just commission a statue to be revealed when I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just all that shit. Oh, that'd be You've so funny. You've already had it passed and licensed. No one can fight it. Yeah, in secret, I got the paperwork for a certain corner. Like, I've made it. It's official. It's a statue in town. That would be the best final joke. Yeah, and it, it's just to make parents have to explain it to their kids. Who I'm on a skateboard. I never even skateboarded. They're just like, this guy's fucking cool. <laughs> fucking, you're ollieing. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I, I want to piggyback what you're saying because yes. I had a lot of loss and I lost a very dear friend recently. And oh, like, sorry. he's the exact same thing. I had the exact same thought. I was like, I'm, I'm crying my eyes out, but this dude would not. All we did was laugh. Yeah. That was our entire fucking relationship. All we did was laugh. And I, if he's, he's like, I don't want you to say, he's like, yeah, sure, mourn me for a few days, but come on, man. We're, we laugh. We're funny. Yeah. We're happy guys. And, uh, and I think Norm would be the same fucking way. He's like, come on. I'm all about the jokes. Yeah. A enjoy, would, enjoy the jokes. He would appear and say something hideously inappropriate right. and disappear. Right. And not care about the funeral at all, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Would come late or something and rip on everyone there and then just, you know, yeah, bye-bye and evaporate yeah. or the something. The shit goes fast. So enjoy the, enjoy the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Don't dwell on the sad. Exactly. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but uh, if anyone has it, just real quick before we wrap up, does anyone have anything they want to ask about advice-wise? Want to like raise a hand? Nobody. 
Nobody? Awesome. Um, <laughs> wait, okay, way at the back, uh, you, sir, in the white hat. Doug's cannabis brand, Doug's Nugs. Oh, did he mention a cannabis brand? Oh, I couldn't even hear. I that. didn't hear that. Thank Wait, Christ, I did this. So is Poor he, Doug and his Nugs. Is Go he ahead. trying to market it? Is that like his business plan? Oh, that's a way smarter choice than comedy too. Absolutely. <laughs> Sell marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. There's your fucking ticket out, yeah, Doug. Don't be another dick joke slinger. No. Sling weed. Ganjapreneur, brah. Doug's nugs. That's fantastic. I listen. I have a special I'm taping, and I have a bit about a guy named Doug who's the worst guy I ever met, which is odd because I think 99% of Dougs are dope. They're awesome dudes. You know, and they're proficient in the in the weed arts. So Doug's Nugs, that sounds like a throwback. That sounds like somebody you'd buy from in high school or college, and you would smoke it out of a horrible wooden pipe that heat up way too fast. You know, yeah, I'm I'm pro Doug's Nugs. Yeah, Doug's Nugs, best smoked through an apple. You yes. got it, dude. There you go. There you go. So we're sponsored by Mountain Time and Doug's Nugs. Doug's Nugs. Doug's Nugs. And if it doesn't work, you can sell it to Doug Benson. You're you're gold either way. And on that note, let's let's ride, man. Give it up for Adam Caton Holland, everybody. Thanks, Doing everybody. Doing the podcast. And for Jake Brown, filling in for my producer, Renee. And for yourselves, guys, get out there. Be a better person. Try something that might or might not help. But uh, all in all, just uh, choose joy, guys. Choose joy. And enjoy all the shows. And uh, let's give it up one more time for the High Plains Comedy Festival. May it live forever. Thank you, guys. Uh, if you haven't called in yet, you should call me, leave a message for me and my guests at 323-763-0228. 323-763-0228. And thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.